Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 392. This is your guide to the geek side. And as always, you can subscribe to our podcasts on any podcast service you'd like. Find the Secret Friends Unite network feed and you get all of our wonderful podcasts. The Secret Friends Unite, the Holocron Chronicles, the Code nice. 47, and also um, Co-op Mode, our video game podcast. And also then go and check out our YouTube page. Check out our uh, subscribe and like and leave a comment there to see our wonderful faces. But as always, I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by the wonderful Charlie Carden. Woo! Back to reality after a week's worth of vacation. All I can say is, no, thank you. Going back to the pool. <laughs> no, it's a dre. It was, no, we had a nice week there in uh, Maryland, my mom's house, doing jack squat. And then uh, we had to spend time in Ohio on the way there and the way back. So that was that sucked. But we're home now. So it's good. So, Charlie, you travel from one mom's home to another mom's home. It's like you live in her basement everywhere you go. Upstairs, downstairs. Am I being served by myself? It's possible. Yes. So hopefully everybody have a good Labor Day. And, uh, you know, we are joined this week by a new secret friend. So we are happy to present Mrs. Kelly Gettner from the Cosplay Cafe podcast and kellygettner.com. And if I mispronounce your last name... You can kill me. <laughs> no, you're you're safe. I'm actually really impressed that you got it right. <laughs> I always I ask Charlie right. in advance. I'm like, I, I hope this is right. And I'm like, we'll see. I've, I've never said her last name, so I don't know. It's like Beetlejuice. Now, oh, don't say it one more time. <laughs> luckily, you didn't say luckily. Like, well, the G is silent. <laughs> <laughs> The U is silent, so you got that right. <laughs> very, go. very good. Both ends because Germans. Because Germans. The Germans are going to be a theme of this podcast. And with that, uh, Kelly, uh, thank you once again for joining us. We love new guests. Uh, Charlie recommended you. I said, let's give this a try. It's probably going to be a lot of fun. Someone that's really into comic books. We love that. So uh, tell people uh, your geek origin story, kind of your elevator pitch on how you became the nerd you are today. All right. So there's two levels to my geek origin story. There's when I secretly became a geek and when i openly became a geek so i've been a geek almost all my life since i was like four and she-ra i discovered she-ra and of course he-man and watching those shows i was like yeah that's it <laughs> but that's i hit it because i was like yeah no one's gonna like you oh i know i know <laughs> Um, actually, when I was in high school, I even got the really cool chance to pose for one of the Dungeons and Dragons Dragonlance novels. Oh, very cool. As what? For the re-release oh, of Dragons of Autumn Twilight. That's like my geek cred right there. Um, I, I don't even know what that means, but I'm excited for you. I don't, I don't do D&D <laughs> stuff, so I got <laughs> If you're into D&D, it's a big deal. Um, it, it was a really, really, so I wasn't like the original cover model or anything, but it was still really cool. But it was also something that I didn't tell anyone about because like. Secret shame. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't 
I didn't tell anyone I was into like, and then Buffy was my first big fandom that I actually like engaged with. But I didn't tell anyone I was into this stuff until I started dating my husband when I was like 24. And he's, he was, he's a total geek and I love him for it. And he looks at me and he's like, why are you hiding this from people? Like why? Why are you? Why are you pretending not to like things you like? Why are you pretending to be someone other than you are? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Fly that flag. The flag. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. And then after we got married, I went to the Superman celebration. I'm sorry. This is a long story. No, it's, go ahead. It's a, it's, a, it's a great story. I like it's it. How we? It's it's how we get to know you. <laughs> I talk a lot. Uh, you'll find out. Um. So I went to the, the Superman celebration in Metropolis and. The way I discovered Metropolis is just wild. So my sister and I, backing up a few years before I met my husband, my sister and I went on a road trip and got a little bit lost in the snow. We got off course and we stopped for gas at like two in the morning. I'm like, we have to stop. There's this like big sign, Metropolis, home of Superman. So we stopped for gas. We get a a mug. Like the gas station is a tourist shop. So... All we get is gas, and I get a mug that says Metropolis, home of Superman. So my husband and I get married. I'm starting to kind of, like, embrace my geek side, be open about it. I'm looking at this mug. I'm like, I wonder what else is in this town. Turns out it's an annual festival of people just like me. I didn't know that there were people just like me, but I knew it was an annual festival. I'm like, this looks really cool. So my sister and I go, and I'm walking down the street in... Uh, normie clothes and I see people in costume and I look at my sister I'm like you can do that when it's not Halloween (laughs) you can do that you can do that I'm like Michelle we need to go to the mall right now so I can put together like a closet costume I didn't know that's what it was called but so I was like we need to go to the mall right now I know we just got here but we my sister looks at me and she's like are you insane I'm like (laughs) probably but this is these are my people this is what I do now and that was 2008 and here we are. It was almost 15 years ago. That's wild. Uh-huh. And so that, yeah. And uh, Charlie, as I was telling you offline, like my college roommate, who I've known since I was 19, when I started really getting into this, she kind of, um, she's not into geeky stuff. So she kind of looked at me and she's like, what, what is happening? I don't think I like this. <laughs> you're falling like, in with a bad crowd. It's like, you know, you smoke it. Like, you know, when you find out your best friend in middle school smoking by the dumpster or whatever, you know. You what, know? Though, it, it could be drugs. It could be drugs. It could be but, drugs. <laughs> but then she, then she had kids and um, they ran into a Spider-Man cosplayer at um, some, like a hockey game or something. And her kid kept going back to the cosplayer. She's like, now I see why you do it. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's outside of Todd's purview. He makes fun of me. He thinks he thinks my commitment to cosplay is dumb. No, I I, I appreciate people who really put their craft in. Like they make all their stuff, do all that stuff. The rest, the whole thing of fascination, obsession, not for me. I appreciate what people do, but it's just not my it's not my bag of tricks. Oh, but I appreciate people do. Statement. It's, it's yeah, okay. it's just it's, it's, no. It's I, probably I, cheaper for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, and, and and I can go to cons and not be hot and bothered and have to wear all that that's, stuff. That's yeah. very true. It's the feet. I can't deal with it's footwear for me. That yeah. stuff is yeah. hard. Yeah. So I know I I, I I appreciate the the hobby and I'm I'm and that's awesome that you deserve it. And I always say this, it's I tell my son, it's like don't expect all your friends to be into everything you are. And that's totally cool. Like people for things you like about them. 
and you know they don't have to be everything you like so cosplay non-cosplay friends that get you do that's awesome that's why we're here to talk about all the stuff we love because the world of geek is too big to love everything and that's it totally is. true yeah and i'm not into cosplay charlie's not into video games so those are the two things we don't talk about on this show so that's kind of how we go so right. that's all i will talk about with the cosplay no that's there perfectly yes. fine yeah I'll tell you, cosplay might find its way back into our um, network through a different means at some later time that we will talk about later on another road. But what we can talk about, and Todd, I think if this isn't a first, it's the first in a long time that we have a non-Marvel, non-DC uh, comic cover to talk about this week. And tell you, this was a gem. So we have uh, we have Pep from Archie Comics. This is an issue. <laughs> Uh, 392, obviously, uh, 60 cents, which puts it in the, in square in the, the early eighties. Um, but yeah, you got, uh, is, is that supposed to be Jughead, but he's not, where's his hat? No, it's Reggie. That is Reggie. Reggie, Reggie. is one of the, uh, he's, he's the snobby guy that nobody oh, is he like. Is he like, you know, Franklin, the one of the Peanuts kids that nobody paid attention to? Um, so he's sitting there in front of a computer and it's uh, Archie is saying, Reggie is so obnoxious, not even the talking computers are talking to him. Oh, that doesn't make any sense in 1984. But now you can't stop. You can't stop Surrey from talking to him. And at the bottom... Um, is that Reggie getting his revenge, like beating the shit out of Archie in, in karate? Is that supposed to be him? Again, uh, I couldn't tell you, but I'm more en- enchanted by that wonderful superhero, Marvelous Maureen, in the cover. And I have no clue who that is. But you know what? I may have to check out this comic. I don't know how. And, and find I out guess. her origin story and how she became the first uh, heroine of Archie Comics. So, um, so Kelly, you're looking at this cover. Wh- you know, What do you think? Is this something you'd want to buy? Are you like, what the heck were people thinking back in 1984? I love how 80s it is. It's <laughs> so, so 80s. I, I, I love the giant computer that's like as big as Reggie. It's amazing. <laughs> I, li- I, I like, so. I love those knee socks that, uh, well, I, you don't even know if, is, is that supposed to be Betty? I would assume. Or Ver- Betty or Veronica. Betty's the blonde and Veronica's the brunette, right? I Betty's think. the blonde. Yep. Yes. Okay. Those so that's better. Are cute. I would wear that outfit. Okay. Totally. I, I know. I, I know. I wouldn't wear Archie's pants that are so orange they match his <laughs> macaroni and cheese orange hair. <laughs> but I appreciated like Archie comics. Like they actually came to the times versus like always being in the fifties, like in the eighties. Yeah, right. So yeah. Hey. So, so, so it's, like, it, their, yeah. it's like it's like they're like the Simpsons. They were this, which is funny because of course there's that crossover, the one that you know. Uh, the car pulls up and they throw Homer on. Don't stay out of Riverdale. And he goes, lousy Riverdale punks. Shake his fist. <laughs> Everything's so connected go. to Riverdale. Everything, pretty everything li- in the pretty Little Liars, Sabrina, Archie. Yeah. All those shows are connected to Riverdale somehow, oh I guess. God. They made, they made it a cinematic universe. The Riverdale-averse. Well, speaking of things that can cross over the multiverse, I think it's time for us to cross the road over at Hollywood and Vine. That's right. Madam Webb, our senior news correspondent, is waiting for us with the latest news reviews and, and geriatric blues. So let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. 
Oh, Madam Webb, I know you always are excited when we have a new guest on the show. And this week, Kelly does not disappoint. Now, um, I'm sure she would love to hear your hints and tips on cosplaying. Because back in the day, Madam Webb had to make a costume out of old potato sack and some old nylons. And she made the world, set the cosplay world on fire in the world, you know, 1965. You know, that's what she was doing. So, Kelly, if you need some hints and tips how to make something out of nothing, she's your gal. I will hit her up for that. <laughs> I was going to say that outfit itself sounds like you could set the world on fire because it sounds incredibly flammable. Anyway, uh, looks like we've got some news about the MCU's Thunderbolts. Now, Todd, the Thunderbolts was a comic that came out in the, um, it was when we were in college. It was 96, 97. And it was one of the first, at least that I can recall, big, you know, reveal moments at the end of the first issue that like, it was right after Onslaught, all the Marvel heroes were gone, and it was like, there's a new superhero team on the scene, yada, yada, yada. And then we found out at the end of that first issue, the whole thing was, sorry for spoilers from 1997, the whole thing was a scam. <laughs> they were villains. It was uh, Baron Zemo was Citizen V. He was the leader, and I think it was like the Beatle and Giant Man and Screaming Mimi was one of them. Anyway, um, so this has been distilled down to combining thunderbolts with i think that was it the dark avengers that they did in like the late 2000s it was Mm -hmm. like it was like u.s agent was their captain america and venom was their spider-man or something norman was uh the what the he had the captain america America armor yeah he was the yeah he was the the comic version of the iron patriot but yeah so anyway so the mcu they've been kind of setting this up in bits and pieces with Stuff on the Disney Plus shows, you know, we've got John Walker is now you know gone from being Captain America to being the U.S. agent. Um, you know, Baron Zemo has been teased with this, but it looks like the squad is going to be led by Florence Pew Pew Pew. That's right, the Red Room's own. Yes. Now, is she? Does she go by Black Widow now that there's no longer a Black Widow? Because that's what this seems to indicate. But I can't remember in the. I can't remember in the comics. If she was, she just was the white call. widow. I thought white, I think she was yeah. the white widow. Yeah, well, she dressed she in had, white. Yeah, she had a time when she was trying. So, comics. First of all, sorry, I'm going to nerd out. Um, Do it. Comics. Yelena is completely different. From of course, MCU of course, Yelena, as you know. But comics. Yelena had a time when she was trying to take the Black Widow mantle from Natasha. Mm. So she did have a time when she was calling herself Black Widow. But in more recent years, she calls herself White Widow. There you go. And plus, Natasha is not dead in the in, in the comics. Right. Uh, currently, I would imagine she could be again, and then won't be again because that's how comics work. It's it's one never never one never ending soap opera. Natasha is actually dead, and the current oh, Natasha in comics is a clone. Oh, of course, no. not a life not a life model decoy. That would not make sense. Life. Not I mean, I, decoy. she's a clone who has been implanted with Natasha's memories. Uh, of course. She has been recognized by certain important members of the Avengers as essentially functionally Natasha in soul. I was going to say it's, and was her clone grown by potentially by Norman Osborn? Because I mean, obviously Ben <laughs> Riley is back right now. There's, you know, the whole clone thing went on again in the part of the amazing Spider-Man I'm reading. So it's a whole thing. No, it was a red room thing. Oh, but of course. Uh, of course. But anyway. But, um, but so anyways, 
I could see it going either way for Yelena. She could take on the Black Widow mantle to honor Natasha. She could also take on the White Widow mantle to kind of make it her own. Right, right. We've seen her wearing more white. So gotcha. Um, so yeah. So the, the MCU, um, yeah, they they do name. Uh, John Walker and Zemo as other members that would potentially be a part. And I was, I, the, the, the Thunderbolts, I remember this now debuted in the incredible Hulk in 1996, which the Hulk has been always been traditionally a place where stuff pops up. We got Wolverine. The first Wolverine was an incredible Hulk tail end of issue one eighty. You're technically wrong, Charlie. The Thunderbolts Why? showed up in a special that they made an appearance in before that appearance. Oh, is that what it says? But that's not what this article says. Because I Are actually, you? I owned that comic, and I owned the oh. debut of the Thunderbolts. Did yes. you now? Yes, well, I at, did. At, at, at any rate, this is uh, presumably, I'm, I'm scrolling here to make sure that I, if this can actually tell us, um, and does not tell us when we should actually expect to end up seeing this. But It's this like been- 2025. It's like one oh. of the late, late things. Okay. Yeah. So this is... Yeah, this is kind of non-news news. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I like this. Again, I, I thought the Thunderbolts was amazing when it came along. Eventually, I know Hawkeye became the leader of the team. And it sounds like he went out and came back again. But uh, yeah, this version is kind of the, the string puller is uh, uh, Val uh, Allegra de Fontaine, who is, of course, the magnificent Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Back in the comics, she was the right-hand lady of Nick Fury, David Hasselhoff. Uh, <laughs> Back in the old days. <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't help myself. But anyway, this sounds great. Now, is this going to be a Disney Plus? It's, it's a movie. It's, it's going oh, to be really? a movie. Yeah, which which makes oh, sense because yeah. they're building up all these characters and then they can debut in a movie. I think that's a cool uh, opportunity right. for them. I don't know if I need a 10 issue, you know, 10 episode, you know, long movie with these characters. So it could be a good turn. And, you know, the way things are going at the box office, I think Disney's going to try to push a lot of things to the theater um, right. that eventually come to Disney Plus versus, you know, give it away for free with the their other $8 around. a month. Yeah. Why buy the cow? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But it's but it's a great idea. I I like the fact that they're growing some villains or or a team in front of your face, similar to the Avengers. I like the fact that there's going to be some flim flam with you know Julia Louis Dreyfus and these characters will get to come back. Um, I like this. I I think it's a good approach and it's fun and it's a spin on the Thunderbolts, keeping it true to its word. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to do the flim flam to the public though, where it's going to be like they're other people or or trying to be good and then trying to put. heroes in a negative light so that'll be cool right we'll see how it goes yes no, d- no um, doubt about it all right moving yes. on next next story is a spooky one because charlie loves that word uh <laughs> um and the fact is we're getting a return of henry Selleck, who was the director of night before christmas james the giant peach really acclaimed stop uh, stop motion uh director but you don't see many of those movies so um, um except- Tom Selleck's lost brother. I've, yeah, I've been waiting I think, for his works to return. Yeah, I think Leica Studios is probably the one that's really kept stop motion alive, and I love those movies. Um, but I think his last movie was probably Coraline, is what uh, Henry Selleck did last. But we're actually getting a new Netflix film from him, and he's teaming up with Key and Peele. Uh, it's co-written by Jordan Peele, which is very cool. And it's called Wendell and Wild. And it's essentially this girl who says... Everyone has demons, but mine have their own names. And this looks very cool. It looks very 
spooky, like we said. Oh. It's going to be... Yes, and it's going to be a kind of like inner demons but being brought to life. And I like the fact that um, part of the imagery is lights behind her head, which is essentially then broadcasting her own fears and demons. And I like the fact this is going to be have a sense of uh, humor. Um, and Key and Peele, you know, obviously known for their sense of humor, and then Jordan Peele now being known for his sense of horror. I love this 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 mix of both and this is going to be awesome and when people say why do we have netflix it's because you get original things like that you don't get anywhere else so i'm all in on this movie so when i put the story in and we made kelly watch the trailer kelly what was your impressions so i literally let out a gasp because i was so excited and this is like a spiritual sequel to nightmare before christmas which is one of my all-time favorite movies i my favorite Halloween slash Christmas movie and my favorite anytime movie. Super excited about this. Yeah. So when you say that, um, are you just, do you buy like all the memorabilia? Do you listen to the music? Is it like a ritual to watch it every Christmas or Christmas? I guess you can watch or it. Some say, that's the debate, right? Is it a Christmas or Halloween movie? Cause some people feel it's a Christmas movie within a Halloween environment, but some people feel it's a Halloween movie with Christmas, uh, overtones. When did it, uh, when did it come out? Did it come out around it? Probably came out in the summertime, right? So it's like there's no, you can't even really use that as a barometer, I'm sure. That's very big with my kids, with my stepkids, April's kids. Love that movie. Grew up with it. So, yeah, I will watch it in passing. I'm like, yeah, October it. 13th, 1993. So an appropriate date. 1993. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So that makes a Halloween movie, potentially. So, Kelly, the first question when you mention Night Before Christmas, is it a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie to you? Yes. Perfect answer. <laughs> okay, great. I love it. It's an anytime movie. I literally will watch it year round. I definitely watch it both holidays. So it's just a, it's just, a fantastic soundtrack. Just, Danny Elfman does a, I think he does a, a like a concert. So every so often, where he does just does that music, it's awesome. Ooh, nice. There's nice. also a Nightmare Revisited where certain artists redo their own versions of the song. Yes. That's really good. I rock out to that. Um, <laughs> we even have, um, I've made some Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween decorations. So nice. we have like awesome. a life-size Jack for outside our house. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. Love it. Nightmare Before Christmas is big in our household. <laughs> um, I, I highly recommend the movies that made us. They did an episode of The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's yes, that's right. Fantastic. It's really good. It's on Netflix. Check it out. You'll love it. A lot of, lot of politics behind that movie. But uh, yeah, well, very cool. This is going to be an exciting time. It's coming out October, at the end of October, this movie. Uh, you know, it'll be very fun. And hopefully it, it, it lives up to its... Uh, really just it's it's the talent involved so we'll see if it happens so let's move on to a comic book story so um i don't know how many people are aware of the character miracle man um he mm -hmm. essentially was originally called marvel man he was a british character and uh over fears of getting sued they changed the name to miracle man um miracle man was a character from 1954 what? Oh, go oh, go ahead, Kelly. No, sorry, I just said cough, Billy Batson. <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. yes, exactly. The Marvel family, yes. Just don't don't know why that is such a hotly contested word. Like Mark could just pick something else. Waffles, 
Waffle well, Man. I don't everybody know. Everybody at the, everybody at different times. Marvel was timely, probably, and in right. Fawcett Studios and all that stuff. Billy Batson was Captain Marvel before Marvel was Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. because Marvel timely became Marvel, which is a weird thing. And yeah, but um, this character, Marvel Man, he was created in 1954 in the UK as a substitute for Captain Marvel, created by Mick Mick Anglo, um, and then over time, um, some very famous. Um, British talent, Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, Mark Bungham, they took on the character in the 90s and reinvented him and basically said, he actually wasn't the character you thought he was. He essentially was kind of a overpowered tyrant. And everybody, he's like, this is like the comic book writer's comic. Everybody loved it. They thought it was awesome. And it fell into some problems of course. And guess who was involved with a lawsuit with this character, Charlie? Matt Murdock? I don't know. Who was it? Todd McFarlane. <laughs> of no! course. Yes he's, yes. he's the master of disaster, that guy. <laughs> exactly. So there was some there were some rights and all these things happened because Alan Moore's work and Neil Gaiman's work, they wanted to get re- reprinted and they changed wow. the name and all these things. And eventually uh, there was a, a the lawsuit between Neil Gaiman and Todd McFarlane. Well, essentially, Neil Gaiman got the rights back. And so did what he do with them? He sold them to Marvel. <laughs> so, it's, so it's kind of gone full circle. And so this is where this is going is the fact that it looks like we're finally going to get Mar- uh, Miracle Man in Marvel Comics being Mir- produced. Mir- Miracle Whip Man. Yes. Amazing. So essentially, number zero is coming, and it's got Gaiman uh, working on this along with Mark Bunkingham. So some re- some of the original core creators are involved oh, man. in this. Yeah. Did you say Lindsay Buckingham? I've been waiting no. for this Fleetwood Mac art for a long time. I'm no, impressed. No, no, Mark Buckingham. So this is coming out. Number zero, a beautiful cover. Um, I, I Terry Dodson's doing it, so this should be very cool. And I'd love to I hear love Terry Dodson. Terry Dodson's fantastic. Terry Lynn, like. Those two together, um, yes. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. <laughs> I so, yeah. Right no, no, no. This is great news. So, I mean, I don't know how many characters like this that have had such a uh, – it's kind of like so under the radar, but so well-beloved by like the comic, like the real people that know history and know this character. I've never read anything – uh, buy it. I think I don't know if you can even buy. I think Marvel may have reprinted some of oh. those core comics, which is great because we like I'll- these things coming back. I will tell you what, it sounds like Miracle Man is the comic equivalent. You said it's kind of a comics guy's comic. He's the comic book equivalent of musician Warren Zevon. Because it was like all the musicians love him and stuff, but he's mired in controversy, not really a great guy. So this is kind of like, you know, Werewolves of London. This is the, the, he's the comic, this kind of version of Warren Zevon. Or a comics I mean, comic. The, yeah. Like the guy the that nobody comic. actually listens to, but these other comics, they like him. So right, he likes exactly. being obscure. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, very, so very obscure. So this is going to be, heard of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is going to be good. It looks like the artwork is really well done. Um, Once again, great opportunity for this character to live again. And hopefully this could be kind of neat. I mean, we know we had like the Sentry, which was kind of like a version of Miracle Man. So maybe Miracle Man uh, replaces Sentry, which is just a crap bag character that nobody liked. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see if this happens. Everybody hates the Sentry. Like, it was so funny because when they pitched that character, it was like, he was a character that Stan Lee created and it was long forgotten. Nope, it's a ploy. 
Right. It's a, play. It's, a, it's a total fake out. Like a couple of years ago, they had an Avengers character called the Voyager that it was a total fake out. And they built one of those like wonderful, horrible, one of, one of those 19 part sagas, Todd, that you and I oh, hate yes. so much. Yeah. But the, the whole thing was uh, it was an illusion. And whatever. Anyway, more than enough to be said. Moving on, uh, we have kind of the triumvirate. We have uh, today, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, but starting on Thursday and then continuing all the way through Sunday, we have like this massive explosion of, uh, you know, genre news that does not include Star Wars, but it's still Disney. But it's Disney Plus Day plus D23 plus Star Trek Day, which is, of course, big for me and my geeks over on Code 47. Um, but, you know, Todd, you and I were talking in the pre-roll. You know, there's just so many rumors flying around right now that, you know, either D20, you know, D23, they're going to announce uh, this this list of established actors. They're like, who are they going to be? And they got everybody all guessing. You seem to think it's a flim-flam, and I can't necessarily disagree with you that, like, Henry Cavill is not joining the MCU just because his name is out there. Yeah, um, Marvel's cheap. That's one thing. They like to have unknowns so they can cast people in roles that don't feel like they overshadow the role itself. Mm -hmm. So you don't say, oh, it's that guy who's playing this guy. Um, You know, John Krasinski might be a little too much to be Mr. Fantastic. And so that's one of those things we're hearing all these big names. And it's like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think they could be like cameos and things, smaller characters. I don't think they're going to cast these big names for these other roles because they want to be able to get them on like multi-picture deals and things like that. And for a big star, you're not, Marvel's not going to pay someone a hundred million dollars. The day of the, the, getting the Robert Downey Jr. contract that was like worth a billion dollars. That's not happening anymore. So I think, you know, it's going to be lesser known names and maybe some of these names will be involved, but I think there there'll be more cameos or smaller roles like that. So, yeah. um, So I think this could be kind of cool. And we did have all those like projects announced, but we, like we said, no idea who's going to be in them. There's show there's, there's things that we haven't even seen what they're going to look like. Uh, Just a logo does not make a thing. So we want to know if they're actually real. Maybe we're going to get like some uh, uh, footage from there's going to be a Disney animation panel. Maybe we're going to get like the the um, Spider-Man and X-Men animated series. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, X-Men 97 and was the Spider-Man uh, freshman class or some such. Yep. And we are going to yeah. Moon Girl has an animated series coming out that I believe Samuel right. L. Jackson is part of. So there's lots of things we could see that might be underwhelming to others, but I think it's perfectly fine. Um, telling everybody what's coming on Marvel sometimes does take the 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 wind out of sails because it's like the anticipation is so great and you know everything's coming you want some right. surprises so i guess we'll see this happen but you know it's going to be disney it's going to be a lot of different properties they also own so we could see lots of crazy things announced right. um there's going to be a uh marvel gaming panel or disney gaming panel sorry at the mm-hmm. event as well which is kind of cool because a lot of folks love video games um but yeah so this is going to be a good time disney plus obviously i'm not sure if the disney D23 stuff is going to be more like the movies and Disney plus day will be more of the, the just the TV content. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll, all right. I'll ask you a question and then I'll talk about Star Trek day. Kelly, what? looking at this, this list um, of the, it has eight things we might see. Which one of these eight things do you think is a plausible or potentially implausible or something that you're excited about? If you're looking at this list here. Okay, hold on. Let me. Yeah, this is a horrible. I'm trying to like look at the list and you well, you can. It, it says click and you can get it on one page. It, so okay, I have to look at that too because I'm like yeah. I, I only see the one image and it's like okay, 
next. Yeah, no, I had to next. do it too because it, it's like you know. So it's like we hear about Deadpool three, so Deadpool three, Fantastic Four. Four. Yeah, uh, season two, think, season two of Moon Knight got announced. Yeah, most likely is Deadpool three. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get, I get, I get the vibe too. So, um, any other thoughts before I think we move we're on? Gonna hear something about live action X Men. Yeah, we've already been laying. Right, you know, sprinkling those seeds pretty heavily. Um, I think Todd's right, though, that Marvel is probably looking to cast like lesser-known actors, and I think that's a good thing. I really totally. like seeing the lesser-known actors make the role their own and grow into the roles, and just like, um, just you get the actor with the talent and mm-hmm. that presence, like, and at the rep, yeah, yeah. Look at what Chris Hemsworth and um, Tom Hilson did for their roles. They were completely unknown. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Now there's, like, yeah, household names. Exactly. So, yeah, it would be hard to see Henry Cavill. And even, I mean, so I'd love to because he's Superman and maybe they drop him in as uh, Hyperion uh, of the Squadron Supreme. But again, maybe that could be a minor role. But casting him yeah. as Wonder Man, as much as I love, you know, I want Wonder Man to be a big star or be a big starring character. Yeah. But yeah, but by by sticking him with somebody instead, it would be like, oh, and Brad Pitt is, you know, now Captain America. You know what I mean? It's just if they would have gone that route, cast somebody established, you're right. The, yeah, the, John Hamm would have been a great Wonder Man, but he's getting a little old. And once again, he's yeah. I think a little too well known for that role. But I think right. one thing we are going to get because it's happening next month is the Werewolf by Night has an animated special coming to Disney Plus, And we have right. not seen anything for that. And they got to show it. <laughs> I don't even have any idea what you're talking about because yeah, they haven't shown anything. All right. Very briefly, um, Star Trek Day. And again, this will be covered fully uh in our next episode of code 47 which is out uh not next week but the week after uh this will be thursday the 8th star trek day is the day that star trek uh originally aired uh, and it's actually on a thursday this year which was back in 1966 the original airing of the episode was the man trap back then but uh, this trap. is a uh, yes the I know. man it's, trap oh my goodness it was is that the, an app, uh, the, is that an app it, you can get now, Man Trap? <laughs> it is now. No, it was the Salt Vampire. You know the. Uh, mm. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, no. College. The, the Man Trap. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Ooh, hello. Moving on. Anyway, we have panels. Of, <laughs> I told you guys, I wouldn't be shy. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we have panels from the four programs. I think we. Know, I think we know what your Twitter handle is now. <laughs> oh the. <laughs> Ah, oh, let's go in there and register her. Let, let's go in there and register her after we're done here. Uh, I, I would own it. I would. <laughs> then, then I will. Then, well, then you know what? Put your money where your mouth is. When we're done here, you're going to Twitter. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, back to Star Trek Day and the Man Trap. Uh, for the four shows that are on right now, Picard, Lower Decks, Prodigy, and Stranger Worlds, each one of them has a panel. Uh, it would be great, certainly, with Prodigy if we found out when the rest of the season was going to be on, because that's what we don't have anything on the slate until we get to February when Picard has uh, season three, the final season, is supposed to air, and it's going to be the big TNG swan song. So, very excited about that. They're going to plug in a tribute to Nichelle Nichols, some behind the scenes stuff about Discovery, etc. Oh, cosplay, oh, cosplay runway. Oh, well, they didn't call me, so it's going to be nothing. Um, oh, and stand up with Brian Posehn. Who doesn't love Brian Posehn? That guy is nuts. So that'll be fun. And Reggie, oh, and Reggie Watts uh, from the, yeah, from the Roots. I mean, they got some crazy stuff. No, Reggie on. Watts is not with the Roots. Reggie Watts is just comedy bang bang. 
Who was the guy with? The, I'm thinking of Quest Love. I have no idea yes, why I would have picked him go. up. <laughs> My bad. Big hair, black eyes, Charlie. Yeah. Yes, please put a line right through that. Um, but at any rate, what what's not you know what's not really obviously being teased here is like any kind of big surprise. Like Todd, we talked for a long time about the long shelved like Section 31 show with Michelle Yeoh. Nothing about that. Kind of what's I you know I'm, I'm wondering you know is there going to be something that's going to be kind of what's next? So that's what that's what I would like to see out of this. But at any rate. We'll talk about this obviously quite fully on Code Forty Seven. So, Todd. Well, what's not listed here, Charlie, is and it's probably off your radar, but what's coming is there's a Star Trek Prodigy video game coming yes, out in October. No, no, I know, I know yeah. about that. Yeah. And so that might be that might be shown. Uh, they could probably have some gameplay or something like that. And then they have the new Star Trek um, game. I forget what it's called, but by the Telltale team that I'm really excited about. So um, I hope they show some of that because I think it looks really cool. Oh, the Telltale team does good work. Oh yeah, game from a few years ago. Absolutely, and Star Trek—it's perfect for Star Trek because it's not as much action adventure as it's good storytelling and a science science fiction. They showed some of the the footage, and the character models look fantastic. There's like a, a, a old Spock uh, that is going to be really good. So. That's so cool. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. Um, and I think I remember someone had someone talked to the creators. I think that we know, Charlie. Did, wasn't there somebody that knew somebody that worked on that game? Trying to remember. Now Maybe I'm drawing a blank. You got me. You got me. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll see. Well, uh, we might anyway, have an inside yes. track to get us a copy of the Prodigy game. So that if we do, that would be awesome. Yeah, we'll see how that we'll goes. Work the um, hell out of it. Okay. All right. Last story, Todd. Wow. You're, we're we're going to take the, the, the swear quotient of the boys up to a new level with this new star who's coming on in season yeah. four. Yeah. So uh, very quickly, Kelly, are you a fan of the boys? Um. It's not my cup of tea, but I <laughs> That's love, fair. I love the cast. <laughs> okay. That's perfect. Uh well, those of us who it's a little bit much, uh The Boys is coming back season 4 and we've already had one member of the Supernatural cast and the showrunner is the original creator of Supernatural, Eric right, Kripke, right. and we are getting Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to be part of the boys cast. And this is phenomenal. I love this. Jeffrey D. Morgan is a guy. Unfortunately, I think he got, he finally got popular at an older age. He's kind of like one of those folks. that's like when he was younger, I think his first big thing was what Grey's Anatomy. And then he was, he was oh, wait, wait, wait. hold on. There's a little, okay. there's, there's a little Star Trek. Let me guess. Is there a Star Trek? Okay. Uh, and you would never know. He was uh, completely in alien prosthetics season three. Of Enterprise, he was one of the Zindi reptilians in this episode where they went back to Detroit in the year 2003. He was the main bad guy in that episode, but again, head to toe prosthetics, but it was him, which I think is awesome. But yeah, that was one of his first roles if you look at his IMDb. Six Boom! Star Trek. Star Trek! <clears throat> I think everybody has to be in Star Trek. It's part of, you know, just like you're recruited. It's like it's like a draft. Uh, So, yeah. So this is going to be pretty cool. Um, I don't know if we know much about what he'll be doing. Obviously, we had Jensen Eccles was an awesome role as Soldier Boy. And the fact that, you know, they've worked together with Eric Kripke and Jeffrey Morgan. I think he's going to find an awesome way to utilize him and maybe play him off character where he's not like like a Negan. Maybe he's more of a, a positive character. Hopefully, maybe not. Maybe he'll be a horrible person like everybody no. else. 
It's just it's it is just not. Yeah, he's not going to be a Negan. So he's going to do this, and he's going to be on Manhattan with uh, with Maggie and the Walking Dead spinoff. I mean, that's that's a full dance card. When will the shows come together? The boys on the zombie island of Manhattan. I could see the boys pull out zombies. I could really do it. I mean, they just they don't do anything. Homelander just blasting his way through all those corpses. Or Homelander becomes a zombie. That would be horrific. Oh my god! Ugh. Open the yeah. portals. So, so, yeah, so this so should be fun. Great. Yeah. So the the boys will be coming out probably summer July twenty twenty three. Yeah. So I cannot yeah. wait. And I don't know how many seasons this show will ever have, but it's Amazon Prime's biggest show. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, they have a new biggest show. Was. But, it was yeah. yes, which I'll I'll touch upon here shortly. But yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, well that uh, that wraps us up then. Yeah. Absolutely. So that is it for. The rumor and new, rumors and news with Madam Webb, and now we're going to go on to our favorite geek establishment for some rumors and well, for things we've been geeking out about. What and that's the, <laughs> I'm gonna try that again. So <laughs> now that we're done with the rumors and news, we're gonna go on, have a good geek libation, and get our nerd on at the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting at the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, Kelly, you're our guest, so you start. All right. Well, I am super behind on my TV watching, so my husband and I are just now getting to The Witcher Season 2. <laughs> oh, you're in for a treat. You are in for a treat. Uh, it's so good so far. We're sitting at the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are getting our nerd on. This is take two, folks, so this is going to be a little more accelerated, and we're going to be cutting out the fat. So, Charlie, really? please. Everybody gets one thing. So, so Kelly, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, tell us what you've been geeking out about. All right. So um, I'm really behind in some of my TV watching. So my husband and I are finally getting to The Witcher Season 2. We're on, I think, Episode 3. It's so good. It's so good. It's really good. Um, and also She-Hulk. I love She-Hulk. I think we've all watched She-Hulk. So yeah, with that, I think we're yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, in a good, good place yeah. with the She-Hulk. It's just, yeah, like, it's crushing it, unique, fun. And Todd, as you're fond of saying, it's something that very much, I think you even said it, like when we were talking about the trailer for the Weird Al movie that's going to come out in what is November, it just knows what it is and is not trying to, you know, church it up too much, you know, or make it too dramatic. It's just, it's just straight up, just crazy fun. And they're and they're hitting and like, yeah, not a pod. And like you said, kind of a slow start. Like we all watched first episode, and I loved it. But I know Todd, you're like, oh, this is not landing. And even John was like, I'm not even gonna watch it. It really looks like it's not gonna land. But we're now three weeks in, and I think certainly the three of us are really feeling that it's it's you know it's it's really embraced what it is, and it's doing it in a way that really that that really lands. I think. Yeah. Kelly, do you have a favorite MCU show so far with all the ones that are out? Oh, it's so hard to choose because they all have different personalities. But I would have to say WandaVision because um, it is a masterpiece. Okay, I could go on. I won't I won't talk your ears (laughs) off. WandaVision really is underappreciated for how it is a love letter to each era of television. Mm. And they just so perfectly encapsulated each era of television while also telling a coherent, engaging, in my opinion, story. And 
it also really explored grief in a way that you don't really get to see in most media. Mm-hmm. And just this morally gray character that they didn't have to, like, yes, they they didn't fully give her a redemption arc, but they did. I don't know. I I just love that. That show was so good, and it kept me guessing, and I had so much fun theorizing with fan, other fans about like every week, just come up with crazy theories. So WandaVision, even though Hawkeye also has my heart. Yeah. I enjoyed a lot of them, but yeah, yeah. WandaVision. Yeah, I think those were the two that really stood on their own, didn't need to be connected to anything, and just yep. did some really good TV versus needing to be something other than what they were. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I think with She-Hulk, I think it's finally getting their stride. I think it's over the the the, the clunkiness of a lot of things and it just embraced what it was. And it made me laugh several times. Um, the twerking was the twerking. It was fine. It, you know, it, it was, was, I don't think it has to be the biggest controversy in the world, which is weird. Cause I mean, it's twerking. People so mad about it. It's, it was just a silly fun moment. People are afraid of butts. I know. Like they, like they said, it's it, it, man trap. Uh, if it was Deadpool, nobody would have a problem with it. Exactly. Which, I mean, I feel like the guy is getting all up in arms about that. It's weird. Question Megan V. Stallion. What is her mutant power? What do you think? She I, want, I want the in my name. That would be fantastic. Yes. Todd, Todd the, the Grumpy. The, yes, there you go. Hey, See, Todd, the, I, no one I, is stopping you. I'm already, I'm already the C3, so I just need an extra E. E, easy E. Sleazy E, Sleazy C. That was my name in college. Look, not Man Trap, Sleazy C. Todd, who are you? Bucking Change. Kelly C, Man Trap. So, yeah. Kelly, yeah. Exactly. Todd, Todd was Bucking Change. That came from his 21st birthday. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Long story. Yes. Too many screwdrivers that night. Oh, well. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so tra- me on my 21st. Oh, you're, you're saying your 25th. <laughs> 21st, 21st, 21st. Oh, 21st, God. when I could buy alcohol for Charlie and John. Yes. Yeah, Because uh, right. I was 21 yeah. before they were. Yeah. Yes, so, um, yeah. So, Charlie, we've all watched uh, The Rings of Power. One right. episode. You watched two. Um, and you're not a you big fan of fantasy. So, this I is going to be interesting so to take. I came right out and say, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to know what's going on. But I am here for it because it's gorgeous the music is by bear mccrary he is the masterpiece who gave us the music from battlestar he gave us music from the walking dead it's great it's going to be great it's funny gladriel looks exactly like a cosplayer i used to work with that i don't talk to anymore so that's kind of weird um it's but it's and kelly was funny when i was watching i told you i said i read a headline that whoever designed one of her costumes worked (laughs) was specifically quoted as saying, I made it so cosplayers would be stumped. And you said, that is bullshit. Who would do such a thing? Stumped? Like, like, no one could ever make this. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Why? Just to be so far up your own ass, you can lick your tonsils. I don't know. But, yeah, that was the one annoying headline I found. But, yeah, this is extraordinarily controversial it's being review bombed all over the place on amazon because it is it's it's nerd rage central and it just makes me scratch my head because again as we were saying in take one (laughs) this is um kelly you were saying this entire thing is really based on like a paragraph about and then this thing happened so 
it's practically and I it's said a thousand years beforehand. It's practi- it's practically its own IP in a lot of different ways because it's not, you know, Tokian, you know, Tokian's dead and so are all his grandchildren. I don't know. Nobody who's writing this is really is there anybody who's writing this who's attached to anything peter jackson's not involved and because obviously the lord of the rings uh and the hobbit which was funny i was listening to uh uh on the weekly planet one of their side podcasts is the caravan of garbage they were just tearing up the hobbit today oh i didn't really care for those films smoke baby they were oh not good. a simple 100 page book turned into or whatever uh, turned into three eight hour long movies yeah, yeah. exactly nobody idea for that nobody de- it's definitely what lando had for breakfast kind of situation exactly how did how you did know? bilbo get his cape i don't know yeah, exactly. we'll find so, out. Yeah. so what it feels like so you know what the rings of power feels like to me just based on and i was even really informed going in that it's like oh it's based on this itsy bitsy teeny weeny little thing so to speak um is that it's it's like it's it's it's, it's like it's fresh ground. It's an IP. It's new IP. So that's totally fine. I, I yeah. totally dig it. I'm here the same way I am with. Um, it's it's really it's a very similar situation with um, the House of the Dragon um, mm-hmm. because again it's not being written by Martin. It's based on characters. It's a thousand two hundred years. It's a lot of years beforehand, um, and it's just awesome. So even though I don't let maybe I'm unencumbered by like well it's not burr, burr, burr and fantasy this thing and that thing and blah blah blah. I'm just enjoying it because it's like ooh it's so pretty and the girl and the the girl's got pretty hair and they got the ships and everything is this and that and there's a dragon Armor i know shiny <laughs> i know it's 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 very jingly keys and and and, and my and my add is satisfied so yes <laughs> they killed an uh, they killed an uh, what a, they killed a uh ice ogre that was cool but, yeah absolutely I, yeah. I dug it yeah i mean it's kind of crazy because um yeah it, it's just this is what we're gonna do to our ip we're gonna expand them we're gonna make them we, so they live forever we can start re, we can keep renewing things prequels you like the prequels here you go but do it like so far in advance that you could just do your own thing you don't have to make fans upset apparently but they'll still get upset with like game of thrones um you know i i, I enjoyed it i thought it was beautiful um, and it's doing its own thing and uh, hopefully it stays good. If it's crappy, it's crap. But if it right. this seems to be well loved and the people behind it seem to care for it. So that's good. And right. smart setting it so far in the past that they don't have to wait for George R. R. Martin to finish any books. He'll be Thank dead God. first. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? And as opposed to, you know, Star Wars is going to try the same thing with KOTOR, but they'll screw it up by, and here's Yoda's third cousin, or here's Yoda's <laughs> grandfather. You know, you've got to find some way to fuck it's it happening. up. I'm sorry. It's happening. It's happening. So, yeah. We're so going, no, there'll be a few. There'll be a past rebellion for the rebellion for the rebellion. Oh, the, the, no. The, it's the, going to be Yoda. It's going to be a past Skywalker. You know what's going to be. And they're going to muck everything up. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's going to be Anakin's great grandfather's cousin's college roommate. Oh, Todd, what do you got? It's the Star Wars sex romp I always wanted. Oh well, you moving on. Right. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, uh, we already debated this in the previous recording, uh, but Bullet Train. Uh, Charlie and I don't see eye to eye in this. I actually enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I thought that was John Wick with a sense of humor. 
uh, lots of goofy characters. This reminded me of like those movies you got like in the early 2000s with like everyone was trying to be Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, where you would introduce all these wacky characters. You'd have, you know, the, 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 the storytelling would be all over the map. You would have like introduced characters. You would tell more about them later, which this did. Um, this, this movie, I think did, did the action very well the sense of humor and the through line was, it kind of revealed itself through it on. And I said, this was like, if, if there was an X-Men uh, movie with a uh, long shot, this is what it would be. Long shot was a character that had immense luck. Well, it was the opposite with Brad Pitt. He had bad luck and it was kind of funny how it played out. And by the way, bad bunnies in this. So bad money, check out bad bunny. And Oh my God, Aaron Taylor Johnson, that dude is a hunk. Wow. Hey, wow. He can wear yeah. a suit. They really threw that one off for me. I keep trying to show you guys. There we go. Can't have an episode without a cat. That's there what you're go. doing? That's what you're interrupting bullet train with a cat? I know. I needed some kind of a distraction. Okay. See, Folks, if you if you watch YouTube, like you'll it. see a cat. But we're going to move on from the cat. Um, right. and then, but I was going to say, if you want, and I saw this at $3 cinema weekend or whatever it was, where every movie was $3. I thoroughly got my $3 out of this movie. If you like action uh, movies, I think you'll enjoy what they brought forward. It's not for everybody. Totally get that, but check it out if you can. Uh, but then something I think is for a lot of people that love geeky things and superheroes, that's Stargirl. Season three just came out, episode one. It's fantastic. I really love the show. If you love Heritage DC with the Justice Society of America, the Jeff Johns books, those type of things brought into a modern sensibility with young, cool, and very... Uh, you know, engaging young characters as heroes. It's great. I really love this show. I think it, it's for everybody. It outdoes every other CW Arrowverse show, in my opinion. Maybe Legends of Tomorrow that is probably equivalent to this, but I just really love it. So check it out. It's on the CW app. It's on HBO Max. Check it out while it exists because, Kelly, you're absolutely right. <laughs> DC, the way we're going with Discovery Warner, who knows what's going to happen, and I hope this gonna, gets a fourth season. They're going to screw it right into the ground to be yeah. w- watching Ooh, nothing but. Discovery. No, the yeah. budget will be like stick puppets. <laughs> and well, there'll be like no, no CGI or anything. Okay, so um, the CW has been sold to someone else. and Discovery Next Star, was- which just sounds like a bad cable box. <laughs> Next oh, Star. Yeah. And then Discovery's plan is to merge HBO Max with their Discovery streaming service and basically make it all reality shows because they want to court women viewers only, and that's all women want to watch, apparently. Yeah, they they had that weird, and Charlie, you may not have seen this, but they basically said, HBO Max, men, these type of stories, Discovery thing. It's women with drama. I did did hear about this. Boys like this and girls Girls like that. I I did hear this very Dick and Jane, very kindergarten cop, you know, boys have a penis and girls have a vagina kind of explanation. It is the year of our Lord 2022. (laughs) I thought we got past that. We're no longer labeling Girl toys and boy toys in toy stores, but now we're labeling TV shows. You bet. Are you a 90-day fiancé type of person, or are you a, uh, what would be another good show? Sopranos person. I guess that's all we got. (laughs) You're like one or the other. That's can't like the both. If I had to choose, it would definitely be Sopranos. Oh, absolutely. Most sane people would. 
No. Yes, yes. Well, that is it for the Geek Easy. You know what? When we record we this are, a second time. Wait, are we still rolling? Oh, good. Yeah, we're still recording. Yes. Thank you, Zencaster, for not reminding me. But you know what? It was a fun ride. We made it a little bit more streamlined, less arguing, which is always good for the audience. So with that, we are now ready to go to the land down under where the mutants quake and the women chunder. That's the Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're doing a little bit of comic book history. And we are so excited because Kelly really digs comic book history, which I will be honest, I don't love a lot of old comics. And Charlie loves a lot of old comics, but he only goes back so far. So, Kelly, once Charlie brought this, that you were going to be on, talk about comics, you, Charlie basically says, let's, let's have you pick some comics, we'll read them, and then you give us a little bit of the context for these comics. So, with that, take it away. All right. So, I will say, I don't particularly love reading old comics as much as I love Think, um, talking about the historical context in which they existed. Reading them is just kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kept sharing all of the screen grabs. I was reading these. I'm like, would you? Yeah. Like, look at the Red Skull. He was like, oh, I wonder if he's in the Girl Scouts with that outfit. Big old, big old swastika in his green oh, jumpsuit. Well, wow, he got, he, that's an easy cosplay for you. Knock it out. <laughs> I mean, I would not recommend wearing that anywhere i feel like <laughs> a jumpsuit and a bad ha- a bad mask yeah i i, I totally agree so well, I, I mean more than nazi symbol would probably no that's gone out of fashion since the 40s we all know that a, um yeah so so as we we talk about this so um what got you into your love of the history of comics obviously the the, the comics themselves are of a time it's kind of like watching old movies reading old books those type of things but what got you into the history of comics Uh, So I'm kind of a history nerd anyways, and obviously a comic nerd. And then a few years ago, I can't remember how long it was, but so um, there was this free online course offered to anyone who wanted to take it. Um, Gail Simone was one of the people who taught it. It, it, So obviously creds. That's amazing. Yeah. It was about gender and comics, And it really did a deep dive into how comics have kind of shaped how our society views gender. And um, then that really, then I really started doing more digging. And so comics, um, superhero comics are a uniquely American art form, kind of like jazz and rock and roll. And so like those other uniquely American art forms, they have helped shape the society that gave birth to them and vice versa. And because I'm a comic nerd anyways, I'm really fascinated by just that interplay of like seeing the impact where society changes, how comics, um, how comic stories are told and where comic stories actually have an impact on society. I'm also a writer myself. So I'm always interested in, how a story can change a society and can change a person. So the um, next weekend at Silicon, I am going to be giving a, um, I'm going to be doing a panel with my friend, Brian Morris on 
I had to narrow it down because you can't do all of comics history, (laughs) (laughs) history in one hour. So I narrowed it down to World War Two, which even that is going to be hard to condense to an hour because comics World War Two is really when um, it's the golden age of comics. It's really when comics became what what they are. It's when they got their boom. They really helped shape World War Two in some ways, how our country dealt with World War Two. And that is fascinating to me. Wow. So, um, to talk about the first comic that I made you guys read, um, Captain America number one, I have some interesting backstory about this one particularly. So this came out in um, December before Pearl Harbor. So almost a year before the Pearl Harbor attack. And you have Captain America on the cover, punching Hitler. Because the creators of Captain America were both Jewish men who were, like, watching what was happening in Europe. And they're like, okay, this is not right. Why aren't we as Americans engaging in this war? So they specifically made the choice to make a political statement with that comic cover, which is pretty ballsy. Very (laughs) ballsy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And they they got threats. Um, they got a lot of threats to their office. So there was one time when some guys showed up and called up to the office. Jack Kirby was in the office. And they called up and they're like, hey, we want to meet the creator of Captain America. We want to show him what... They were like Nazi sympathizers. They're like, we want to show him what... Um, what Nazis will do to your Captain America. So to the horror of everyone in the office, Jack Kirby just rolled up his sleeves and went downstairs <laughs> to square up with the guys. Oh my God. They were gone by the time Jack got down there, but he was totally ready to like square off with some Nazis. And then he actually did go to war. Like Jack Kirby was a badass, certifiable badass. So I was going to say, uh, I, and I've talked about this with Charlie before. There's a series on the Roku channel, which Charlie jokes about, but it's called Slugfest. And it is essentially very short episodes of different uh, stories within comics. And this is one of those. It's all, I'll talk about that. It's, and it's Brandon Ruth plays Joe Simon or Jack Kirby. And it's funny because you get, it's basically, it's, it's a um, dramatization of a real story. And they talked about like the, 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 the cops of, uh, of New York were standing up with them as they put this out there. So uh, I highly recommend that because I think it's awesome because everything you said exactly is right. And this is kind of cool. And the fact is the comic you recommended the cover once again, with comics do what happens on the cover doesn't actually happen in the comic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, can, I promise to tell you why. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, not many superheroes engaged directly in the war. Captain America was the rare exception that his comics did center around him fighting in the war, but they didn't necessarily have him engaging with Hitler because there were actual real humans fighting that war. Yeah. So to have a comic book superhero, especially when it comes to Captain America is one thing, but um, when it, to jump to another company when it comes to like Superman, if Superman were to go over there, realistically, he would end the war. Mm-hmm. And that's really insulting to the troops to have a fantasy story where this horrible war where their people are dying. People are seeing their friends killed. They're seeing so much death and destruction. 
it, it's really depressing to have a story where it's like, oh, the superhero ended the war in this story. That doesn't bring them comfort. It doesn't bring them the escape. So, right. yes, you can have Captain America punching Hitler on the cover, but if you write a story where Captain America goes toe-to-toe with Hitler, then, you know, Captain America has to win, and then the war is over. Right. And- right. It's like Homelander says when he sa- talks to, like, the police, you're the real hero, and Homelander's, you know, obviously biting his teeth, and he's like, actually, that's right. not true, but, yeah, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, don't, we don't want to undermine the, the efforts of the people actually fighting the war. That's, that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, I, I, I made a joke. I'm like, oh, Steve Rogers' biggest regret, never got to kill Hitler. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. How many totally. people have fantasized about going back in time and killing Hitler? <laughs> Nick Fury, so, don't forget that cover of Fantastic Four that's 292. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But, so now this comic was interesting because it was essentially like four individual stories inside of right. it. Plus some odd Let's put it this way. I did not read the background material like with the hurricane and all these other like Mar- the, the I guess with timely comics heroes that right. never saw the light of day. So yeah, I'm waiting for the I hurricane sk- to make his return. I, I skimmed over the one too that was the little like like uh, the home and garden like little written article like here's a little column about a guy that poisoned the soup. That was like it was like literally just prose like yeah. He, we don't want to bother with making art for this, but we have to fill a page. Here's a story about a mobster trying to poison, you know, Camp Lehigh or where, whatever. Ten cents got you a lot of comic back in the there day. Was, they made their money. Well, I, well, like I said, and Kelly, you had you had us read All Star Comics, but you gave us the wrong issue number. So I'm like, all right, 66 pages. What the fuck is oh my, my procrastination? My procrastination paid off though because I did like, <laughs> because I in that issue it, it was the the mind wave and he it was the Justice Society and he shrank down everybody except for Wonder Woman because she went back home to get because she was the secretary that's that's not sexist <laughs> she went home to check her notes and so she wasn't there when all the men got shrunk down so i'm just like is the reason she has this reading this going to pay off because she's going to come back in the final act and like rip mind wave in half uh, and then she said oh that was the wrong issue and i'm like i don't really even care to see how this ends i because it just Every one of them had to take on a separate thing, and one of them was stuck in a birdcage. Okay, just I'm going to pause, pause and say, moving on to the next comic you selected, <laughs> Kelly. How, why did you select the next comic? Okay, so Action Comics number eight it is eight. All-Star, right? All-Star Comics. You said Action All-Star Comics. comics. Oh, my gosh. Starts with an A. It has been a week. Okay. <laughs> it's All-Star Tuesday. All-Star Comics. <laughs> Last week. I'm still recovering from last week. Nope, go ahead. We got it. (laughs) Sorry. All-Star Comics number eight is the very introduction of Wonder Woman. Now, obviously, like you said, you get a lot of comics, so she doesn't come in until the very end. And um, it's it's interesting because Wonder Woman's story still ties into World War II, even though she comes from Paradise Island. But she's wearing the American color, or American red, white, and blue. And she does that because Steve Trevor, an American fighter pilot, crash lands on her island. And he's got a really important mission that her mom, Hippolyta, looks into, what is it, the sphere of destiny? The platter of time. 
Yeah, the no, it was a corset. It was a corset. No, 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 like, no. She, no, she, Charlie, she could, he, oh, she could wheel, look at the wheel time. of destiny, but no, she the, had yeah. the corset. Yeah, no, no, it was the, the girdle. What Hercules? The girdle. The girdle is gr- what Hercules took from her. Oh, yeah, so she right. had the, the, the vision portal that she could look through things through time. Is that, and like, then, a, yes. is that, is that like a vision board with all the hipster kids? Yeah. From Pinterest, yes. Oh, yes. Same yes. thing. Yeah. Those oh, Amazons were ahead of time, so they had vision boards and Pinterest. And Pinterest. I can't and apparently in Air Force and all these things. But to your point, it's like <laughs> that was because, I mean, I think that you're going down that road of this came out in 1942. This comic was kind of crazy because it was a, uh, a Justice Society comic with like 85 different heroes. They all had their stories. They yeah. gave you no information about the, the, the characters. It's like, I don't know what they do, their special powers, why they're doing it. It's very weird. They fought odd, odd guys with like bus they wanted to break a bus union. It just didn't make any sense. I'm like, what are they doing? And apparently there's this evil scientist that made people crazy. And I'm like, and they were telling it in 10, 10 pages each, but it was like 85 panels of just packed dialogue. And I'm like, and ah! I was going to say, and they produced the entire thing in less than a week. Yes. You know, why it didn't make any sense. Well, and yeah, right. I don't know if you noticed, but the last story was not was written by Charles Moulton. Yes. Right. Ri- whereas the rest of the stories were written by Gardner Fox. So Charles Moulton was William Moulton Marston's pen name after the middle name of his editor. And then Moulton is actually his mom's maiden name. But he insisted that he write Wonder Woman's introduction when he pitched her. Whereas otherwise, since it was a Justice Society all-star comics, it, Gardner Fox should have written that story. But he was like, nope, this is my baby. I'm writing her. And then, of course, that led into Sensation Comics, which continued the Wonder Woman story and showed her, like, venturing into man's world. Right. She, she was so... Role of- she was so delight. She was so delightfully sassy. They're like, "Hey, we, what happened here?" She's like, "Well, maybe I'll come back and tell you about it sometime." Goodbye. <laughs> it was, was very so, quirky. She was so quippy. It was like she was a super powered quip machine. She, she was, was Mary like, Tyler Moore of the time. I'm gonna and she threw her lasso in the air. <laughs> oh my gosh! Very I love the kids' quiz show. There you but go. It, the, the, and in that they allowed this female character because there was no female characters in any of these characters. And the fact that it's like, yep, she wrecks house. She's faster. She beats the crap out of them. And she's a, a match is just phenomenal at the time, it considering phenomenal. it's in the 40s. Well, there were she was not the very first female superhero. OK, there were others. But yes, she was one of the first. And that is phenomenal. And the fact that William Moulton Marston pitched her and basically said, I want to use her to educate about feminist ideals. And they were like, okay, sure. It's crazy. (laughs) I, I have a hard time seeing someone walking into DC or Marvel comics today with a pitch like that and getting away with it. Like, Mm-mm. yeah, especially if you bring up girdle as a part sign of power. <laughs> that sounds awful. It was so weird. It was like the girdle. This is the girdle that I have power with. And I'm like, 
that was an my, interesting take on something. Not like a helm or like uh like the the fleece of power. It was the girdle. I'm like girdle of powder. Does that have a that's different cool. meaning in the forties than it does now? I think that's just her corset. Okay. But still, yeah, that's like as feminine as you could possibly get. Exactly. It's like this is oh, no, your wait. undergarments. It's her belt. It's her belt. It's oh, really? Okay. I thought it was like the, I, I couldn't figure out. I'm like, and then they were in prison. Then there was like, obviously, I think you've even mentioned Kelly, like, yeah, there's a lot of like uh, BDSM, like undertones, bondage, Hercules bonds them. Very weird. Well, here's another thing about Marston. That's a little saucy. Um, he really, really believed that the ideal was loving Submission. So submission to a higher authority with erotic undertones, even in situations that you weren't necessarily having sex with the person. And he really, he really believed that was the ideal for society that if everyone just got a little okay with submitting to higher authority, to people who had authority over them and having erotic undertones. So you see that. In all the Wonder Woman comics that he wrote, you see that a <laughs> lot of lot of rope the the the, the lasso uh, yeah. of truth being the, the uh, submitting. I think yeah, we could call this episode either the 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 man trap or rope and sass. <laughs> rope and sass, yeah. Well, uh, submission. Well, any any like closing thoughts on on kind of like where this has led you? I mean, obviously. There's a lot of great comic book history. Where you go next is is obviously uh, is up, definitely up to you. But I definitely recommend, like I said, that that Roku series Slugfest is fantastic for just snippets of great stories. Um, but yeah, there's so many good stories in the world of comics that people just don't know about. Well, um, so I'll pimp out my TikTok because I'm starting to do something with my random comics history knowledge. I'm doing little short TikTok videos. We're super duper working on that. Our, we were just talking about it. I'm tonight. doing my dance because that's what you're supposed to do, right? You do a dance. You have a topic that comes overhead and then you go, eh, and you point and you do a dance. Right? Literally, that is what my wife is doing to promote her business right now. So don't make fun of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm not dancing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to see, see Todd do his Todd dance. I remember Todd's dance yes. for weddings and stuff we've been, been to. Dancing. You know what? Todd, this is you. My 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 song is my dance. So there you go. Yes. Oh well. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you, Kelly, for being a great guest. And before we leave, tell people how they can find you around the interwebs. All right, so kellygetner.com, that's K-E-L-L-Y-G-U-E-N-T-N-E-R, double N's, um, is the best place. Otherwise, Phoenix Sisters Cosplay everywhere, Cosplay Cafe. And your show show is on every Friday, is it? Or every Um, other Friday? The first and third Friday of every month. So pretty first much. And I, cause I watched it, April and I watched it when we we're on vacation, we were sitting in front of a TV with YouTube and we, and I was, I was there typing my name and you're like, Hey Charlie. It was like, Woo! I was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun show. And you had our mutual friend, Jen Watson on. She's a great cosplayer. So you, I, I, I love your, your stuff. You got good stuff going on. Well, very good. Going to connect with you to get you on. Ooh. Sounds like fun. I don't know. I don't know how I can do the cosplay walk in this room, but I'll figure something out. Yeah, I'll figure it out. 
yeah. Give yourself some room, Charlie. Yeah. Okay. Some spreading I, I, room. Oh, well. I got it. Um, well, very, very good. This has been awesome. Yeah. Follow Kelly, everybody. This is great. If you have questions about cosplay and all that world, definitely check out Kelly. And of course, Charlie's here too. <laughs> you'll, you'll end up finding her over on Twitter, Kelly at the Man Trapper, at Kelly oh Man no, 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 you won't. No, you won't. Um, no, please don't, because that will probably bring bad results. So we do not want not, you to do that. Not so good. Charlie Todd, will gladly take that as a secondary Twitter, though. Sure, why not? Todd, where do people find you out there on the webs of Intra? Uh, they can follow me at T Oxtra, where I am trying to reach out, uh, get some hints on my fantasy football league, and having good times in the world of video games and other things I love. So check us out there at SecretFringeU as well on Twitter and also on YouTube. Secret Friends Unite, we're doing awesome things. See our faces in more places. You, ooh, good, wow, good catch. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter, at the C3, spell it out. That's actually my universal. I'm over uh, also, obviously, on Instagram, uh, TikTok, sort of, thinking about it. Uh, but, and then, uh, yeah, you got it. Um, my wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is the Michigan chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club, one of the biggest ones in the world. I, you can find us at that website and then across socials at that name. Uh, I also try to fill up our Secret Friends Unite Facebook communities with news when I can. Trying to make sure I get good sources because Todd calls me on it if I report some. We got this covered, covered. Uh, so I'm trying to do a better job all the time. But that's me. Uh, friends, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. I need a girdle of power. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.